Guys, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, my friend Cody Nelson, the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the optics manager at GoHunt.com. If you have any interest in buying optics or have any glassing questions, whether it be tripods, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, range finders, anything to do with glassing, give Cody a call 702-847-8747. That's extension 2 or you can email him at optics at gohunt.com. You can also send him a text or call him on his cell phone at 602-399-3699. Guys, right now at GoHunt.com Insider, you can take advantage of the free trial. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash jscott. You're going to be able to take advantage of a free trial of the Insider. GoHunt is always adding more value for their Insider members. They've now added real 3D maps as a part of Insider for no additional cost. What an incredible value. Very soon, they're going to have their mobile app up as well. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash jscott and sign up for a free trial. If you're already an Insider member, it's automatically part of your Insider membership. And you can just go to the Maps tab up at the top once you sign in as an Insider. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. To find out more, you can go to KUIU.com, Kuyu.com. They're a direct-to-consumer company. They sell everything off of the Kuyu.com website. I also do a lot of question and answer on my Instagram where I'm answering questions about guys wanting to know about gear about Kuyu, so tune into my Instagram. I want to thank Kuyu for their sponsorship. I also want to thank Phonescope.com. Use the JScott20 promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount on all orders. And I want to thank AllElk.com, home of the Bugle Mule. Use the JSO10 to save 10% on all orders. The Bugle Mule attaches to your bugle, and it's a great little carrier that holds three elk calls right there on your bugle tube. And its I can't wait to use it this season. Again, thanks to all the sponsors of my podcast. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we've got Chris Rowe from Rowe Hunting Resources and we've got another great uh, Real Elk Sounds uh, in the Real Elk Sounds series. Uh, this is going to be number five. Chris, how are you doing? Doing all right, my friend. How you been? Uh, been good. So the Colorado um, archery elk season is starting this Saturday. What's your plan? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm actually getting ready. The, the truck is all packed, ready to go. I was going to try to get out of here tonight, but I'm going to get out of here first thing in the morning. Um, I think I've got to, I'm playing around with two different areas this year. I think we talked about the fact my high country camp area had some problems with it with some people blew some elk out of there earlier this summer. So I'm going to take a, I think I'm going to take an overnight trip, run up uh, later this week into my high country camp, peek over the hill and glass for a couple, you know, maybe two mornings and an evening. See if there's any elk up high up in the alpine areas, and if if there's a you know a bull up there that I'm interested in going after, I'll just probably go ahead and pack in camp and and stay there for at the very least opening weekend. But uh, if I don't find anything, I'm very tempted to head to southern Colorado and and hunt with a buddy of mine. 
little bit lower elevation, still uh, flirting with that tree line, but down in the timber a little bit further. Uh, it's a tough area to get into, but we know that there's some really good bulls in there, but neither one of us has actually hunted this particular spot, so it kind of may be, you know, going in and seeing if we can't figure this out and see if we can't pull an elk out of there. So kind of keeping my options open, but we'll see what happens when I go up there and peek over the ridge at the high country camp and see if there's something up there worth going after. For sure. And these uh, over-the-counter areas that you hunt in Colorado, um, you know, is it one of those things that, I mean, within probably a day or two, if you just wanted to kill a bull, uh, of any size you could get that done i noticed you say uh, i'm going to look over and see if there's a bull i want to shoot i was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on that yeah i and you're right i mean in this particular area where i go and especially this year for some reason in the bulk of the drainages i saw this summer more two and a half year old bulls so i'm talking you know your your typical five by five bulls maybe that are going to start branching into maybe five by six or maybe even small six by sixes but tons and tons and tons of young bulls i generally try to go after you know those four and a half year old bulls or or older simply for no other reason than I like playing the mind games with them. I, I like trying to figure them out. I, you know, at that once they're hit about four and a half years old, they've they're on their own. They're a mature bull. They're going to breed cows. They're going to control cows. And and this is when they finally get things figured out. And they don't. They're not just as you know. They're not stupid youngsters running around the hills. You know, just not knowing what they want to do and where they want to be. So I kind of focus on trying to hit that age class four and a half year old bulls or better i don't really care per se what the antler quality looks like i mean heck if he's a decent five by five i'd shoot him but um i generally speaking i like to try to go up to those four and a half year old bulls or, or older but bottom line i've got nine days or a week to nine days tops so the freezer needs to be full so when, when it's done i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna spend my time trying to see you know, pull out the best bull that I can. But when push comes to shove towards the end of season or end of my time to be out there hunting, you know, anything is it's fair game. Big fat cow, young bull, doesn't matter. So, but yeah, no, you're right. If I, if I just wanted to go in there this weekend and, and fill the freezer, uh, this year for some reason we've got piles upon piles of two-and-a-half-year-old bulls. I don't think finding an elk and getting into elk is going to be an issue just whether or not there's uh, some older age class animals in there. And, and I think you and I talked about before as well, the bull I killed last year, which was a nice big bull, he was running with two other bulls that were just just slightly smaller than he was. If they survived and they're back in there this year, they could be some giants. So it's, you know, it, it'll be fun to peek over and see just what's in there. For sure. Um, advice that you would give to people hitting the woods this weekend, um, and let's say that they're just, I mean, they'd be happy with a bull. What kind of calling advice and, and what kind of expectations uh, as far as, you know, what they'll be seeing, what they should be hearing, and how would you call to a, to a bull uh, of any size for someone out there that just wants to kill a bull? Well, first things first, um, the, depending on where you're hunting, you know, especially Colorado, and I, and it doesn't matter if you're talking, you know, New Mexico, Wyoming, Idaho, right up the line, 
definitely pay attention to what your weather has done this past summer. I mean, I know there were some early um, other areas in Colorado that earlier on in the summer were, were really, really wet. Well, it's almost like the faucet got turned off, and so they some of these areas haven't seen a, a drop of rain in over a month. Other areas are still getting those, you know, periodic rain showers. So just because you were scouting out earlier and found a bunch of water and good grass and everything, don't necessarily bank on that. Make sure that your area still has moisture and still has water available and has good forage because those elk are going to move to wherever the better forage is. So pay pay attention to that right off the bat. If you start going in and you find it starts getting really, really dry, then that's where I'm going to shift and I'm going to start focusing on trying to figure out where those where the water is and, and keep in mind again the water might be at the bottom of the mountain uh, rather you know not necessarily at the top of the hill so and the elk again are going to move and especially now they're going to do that pre-rut move most animals most bulls have, have got the velvet rubbed off or just finishing up rubbing that velvet off and a lot of the bulls have already made a shift and they're starting to move towards those cow-calf groups so you're going to see some major shift in movement I was just talking with some uh, buddy of mine that had some game cameras up, and, and sure enough, like clockwork, he had great video or great video and pictures of bulls on his game camera all through July. And here we are, you know, end of August, and now he's not seeing any pictures of any bulls, you know, hitting those wallows where he had his tree stand set up. Well, yeah, because those bulls have picked up and they're making that transition, they're making that move to those cow calf groups. So for me, as far as calling, I'm going to do what I always, always do. I'm going to use the bugle for, you know, just contact bugles just to try to, you know, locate a bull and just open up that channel of communication, see if I can get a response. And if I do, I'm just going to slip in, move in close, and most of the time I'm going to jump right to to a targeted calling strategy, but I'm going to start with cow calls and then start low-key and work my way up from there and just try to work my way in and get as tight as possible. For me, in the alpine, in the high country camp, a lot of that really is dependent upon what I can pick apart with binocs and, and my spotting scope. I'm going to sit and watch them for a little bit and get, you know, try to figure out their pattern. If I know where they're coming in and in and out of the timber, what time they're coming in and out of the timber, where are they feeding, how are they traveling, where are they getting water, etc. If I can identify any sort of patterns and vulnerable spots in in their, you know, daily cycle that's when I'm going to slip in there, get set up, and I'll take advantage of it. So if you're in an area where you can glass, spend some time watching the critters before you go bombing in after them. Uh, it can definitely pay off. But, no, nope, I'm going to have the calls with me, and, and I don't think we're going to have a problem with bulls just starting to talk. They're not going to be extremely vocal, I don't think. They're not going to be rip-roaring and, and going crazy, but they'll definitely be talking a little bit. Maybe after dark, but they'll definitely talk a little bit, but they'll definitely be vulnerable to calling. Awesome. Um, last year, you struck gold pretty dang early. I think maybe it was the first day. If not, it was real close, and you shot, what, a 340 bull on over-the-counter Colorado uh, public land. That, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, would you give advice to people that are go headed to Colorado for the over-the-counter? I mean, is it pretty safe to say that if you can get above Timberline uh, in most of these uh, Colorado mountain chains, uh, if you can get up in those areas above Timberline, you're going to find elk and, and find bulls? 
or is that uh, not necessarily the case? No, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty safe bet. The problem is, is again, early those cow calf groups can be fairly uh, grouped up still. So if, as long as you're getting up above, you know, getting that tr- timber line, that tree line zone, you're fine. But don't be discouraged because you just poked in one valley or one basin and, and there's nothing there. You might have to go one, two, three basins left or right, and then you should you know typically find them. That's if we're looking for the larger herds. In Colorado, we normally have so many stinking elk, though, that you can pretty much find elk in almost any little drainage that you run into. It's just trying to just trying to tease them out from there. So if you're if they're headed out and they want to hunt the high country, you know, planning on hunting the high country, again, this is where I go back to. Where's your water? And where are the elk going to? Those cow-calf groups is where all those bulls are going to be heading to. They're going to engage those cow-calf groups. They're going to start busting them up. And then those cow-calf groups, those harems and those smaller groups are going to bust up. And then they're going to move back out across the landscape. So early season, guys, you might have to check a couple basins just to find out where the larger concentration is. Later in, you know, middle part of September or later part of September, you're going to have elk scattered all over those mountains, high to low, left and right, up and down. So you'll have a little bit more flexibility on maybe where you find those elk and engage them. But yeah, no, Colorado, we've got a bit, Colorado's got a pile of elk. So most of the time, if you can get into good habitat where there's good water, good food, which areas above tree line usually do, you know, you'll usually have, you shouldn't have a problem just finding elk and getting into elk. Awesome. Uh, I noticed that you loaded uh, a new video on Row Hunting Resources Elk Module, uh, hence our conversation today. Uh, I'm going to be releasing on this episode number five, and um, it, it's it's. Uh, I'd like you to set up the clip. It's actually a clip that you filmed, uh, and I'd like you to set up what's going on and and kind of our thought. Uh, with this clip, and then I'm going to run the clip for the guys um, in, in its entirety and let uh, let them kind of use it to, to work on their calling and such. We're not necessarily going to break down the commentary like we have on other clips, yeah. um, but definitely give me uh, what's going on in this clip. Yeah, no, part of what, I, what we do every year is, is try to just, you know, record as many vocalizations and, and behaviors possible and in the summertime, getting close to those cow-calf groups can really pay off. Well, this one is exactly that. Early in the morning, uh, right at, I mean, just as there was just enough light to see, I could, I found a group of cows and calves that were up in the open alpine feeding. I got in close, started recording, and, and started uh, just, there. I mean, there was a few of them that were talking, but as soon as it started getting a little bit light, I could see where a portion of the first cows, as they were leaving and dropping down into the timber, well, not into the timber per se, but they were dropping off into this little bench. I could see where they were going. So real quick, I just swung around, got in front of them, and, and basically got above them, above where I figured they were going to go and where, where they wanted to be. And I just hunkered myself on the side of the mountain, almost on a cliff, and, and parked myself above them and just hit record and let the entire group moved past me and then below me and what they ended up doing is just bedding down uh, for the you know mid-morning hours right down below me well as they were doing that 
they just, I mean, the vocalizations just started pouring out, and that's, you know, you and I had talked about before, you know, folks always ask me, they always ask you, you, you know, folks are interested in having something that they can practice their cow calling with, and being able to hear cows vocalizing is a great way to perfect your calling efforts, and people always want to be able to take those vocalizations and, and sounds, you know, with them in the, in the vehicle or whatever when they're headed to elk camp. Well, this is a perfect example of, of if you want to sound, I mean, goodness gracious, you've listened to it. I mean, literally there is every cow vocalization that you could ever imagine in these clips, everything from just your basic chirps all the way to cow bugles. But the only thing that they don't do in here is alarm bark. But, I mean, every imaginable cow vocalization that you want to perfect or play with gets in here. And on on the elk module in the gallery, my footage, it's, it's literally a solid 45 minutes long. And the only time I edited anything out of it is when I had to move the tripod or if I made a little bit too much noise or, you know, like you noticed uh, when we were talking about this, there's a lot of wind noise. That's uh, there's nothing I can do about that. When you're above out, you know, above the timberline, up in the alpine, especially those early morning hours, the wind is going to blow, and unfortunately, the microphone is going to pick up on that. I have cut out as much microphone or mu as much um, wind noise as possible, but you're still going to have some, and the gain, the audio gain, is turned up. So that way you can hear all those little tiny subtle sounds, that even though the elk might be a, a few hundred yards away down below me. So you're going to have that, that audio gain kind of hiss, but you'll be able to hear all those vocalizations as they come. This is not, now, I, you know, we may have, you know, Jay, I don't know, did you, on your, did you just take a chunk out or did you compress any of it? No, I mean, I just um, basically went and made it into about a 12-minute clip and tried to get where most of the vocalizations okay. that were the loudest and kind of, um, you know, that people could practice with and okay. condensed it down. Um, any of the areas where there was some wind chop, wind noise, I tried to cut out. And okay. um, it's, a, it's a pretty action-packed clip. And okay. so I think guys are going to get a lot out of it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's... It's uh, it's definitely something that when they're working on all their different sounds, they can, you know, mimic, listen and mimic at the same time as they're driving down the road or as they're, you know, listening on their um, iPhone, you know, with their earphones or what have you, as well as, I believe, all the other clips, you know, the other four Real Elk Sounds uh, series that we've done, I uh, believe, you know, they guys can really, you know, try and mimic a lot of those sounds. Um Chris, that leads me to on the elk module at Row Hunting Resources, you actually get a lot more in depth on actual targeted calling strategies and, you know, assembly muse, some of the different calling tactics specifically that you would actually take these sounds yeah. and you're a firm believer that you actually, you know, assembly muse and a certain way to do things, and I want to encourage people to uh, check out uh, Row Hunting Resources Elk Module. I believe if they use the J. Scott uh, podcast promo code, I believe it's $20 for three months uh, or $40 for the whole year, yep. um, and that yep. includes access to the forums where they can talk to other Row Hunting Resources members 
um, about about what they're hearing, uh, about how their season's going, and and you know that's a very useful tool as well. That's only available to people that uh, sign up for the elk module. Correct. That's right. Yep. You nailed it. You nailed it. So I mean, it's one thing to sound realistic, but uh, we've proven in past podcasts and such that you know having a targeted strategy, uh, whether I believe you call them passive or yeah, passive, think. targeted, or aggressive strategies, and and being able to to move between those and choose those strategies based on what you're presented with, um, and and what you want to portray. If you know, and that's the thing is, if if folks, again, everything we do is is heavily vid, uh, video based, and so that's why this video clip, 45 minutes straight, is in the gallery, so you can sit there and watch the behavior along with them. Um, but you know, if someone sits there and listens to this, the vast majority of vocalizations they're going to get out of this clip is all squarely within that targeted strategy that I talk about because it's it's animals talking to someone else outside of their their little group that they're either in or it's somebody that they are trying to vocalize to or locate or contact that they are that's out of visual range or that they just can't pinpoint. So all of these sounds, when we're talking lost muse, assembly muse, whines, et cetera, fall squarely in that, you know, targeted strategy range, which can be absolutely deadly. But, yeah, I always talk about starting, you know, if you want to do passive, start passives, move to targeted, and then if you really need to, you can bump up to a more aggressive strategies like we talked about before and excited cow calling and that type of stuff. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think there's a definite method to the madness. And I think if you put some common sense knowledge behind what you do and more importantly, why you do it, it just translates directly into more success and more encounters in the field. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I get out of the, um, elk module the most, I mean, you've got the gallery where you've got hours and hours of, uh, elk footage and getting to watch their behavior and also hear them and what have you. Uh, but the strategies in action portion where, you know, there's hours of actual, you're talking to the camera, you're in a real situation, there's not edits and cuts. You know, sometimes the camera just rolls and you're walking with the camera and yeah. you say, okay, here's what we're going to do. You hear that bull bugling and you walk through exactly how you're going to call. And I think that's, you know, I've gotten unreal feedback from listeners of my podcast sending me emails that have um, bumped over to the elk module and become subscribers over there. And it's helped so many people. And, you know, that resource of having all that information, um, you know, for under one umbrella is, uh, you know, proven uh, to to be accurate and proven to work really well, and I'm glad that people have been able to find it and use it. And um, I'm going to be real anxious to hear and get updates from you, and um, maybe uh, depending on you know what you find scouting, maybe we'll do another recap or a little update on how Chris's season is going, um, and then certainly after after the aftermath, so to speak, um, we'll want to get a full report here on how, you know, you've only got nine days this year because you've got other um, obligations in Arizona and, 
and and stuff going on. So you know we're going to want to hear uh, how it all shakes down and how you end up doing. Well, we'll definitely keep you in the loop, man. So awesome. Um, yeah, why don't you give the listeners again uh, where they can find you uh, and your social media and everything. Sure, yeah, it's just rowhuntingresources.com. That's R-O-E, huntingresources.com. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about the website, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, the, just if you type that in, that's that's what our handle is. That's, what, uh, that's where you'll find us here this week. It's too late really to do anything. Uh, no, uh, seriously, I've got a lot of people that sign up within just a few days and then dive into it, and, and you can get a hack a lot of, you know, a heck of a lot out of it in a short amount of time. So don't be discouraged in that uh, sense. But, um, yeah, if you if you log on and, and sign up, um, and, yeah, for this clip, it's all about the audio. It's all about the sounds that you need to practice with. We're not going to dive into what everything means and why they're doing it and all that. This is simply to allow you to hear those cows vocalizing, hear those calves vocalizing, and then you sit there with your mouth diaphragm or open reach, you know, call or whatever call that you're going to use. Sit there, practice along with it, see if you can mimic it, see if you sound similar, and just soak it in and get yourself ready to where when you hit the field, you can be as accurate in reproducing these sounds as you possibly can. Awesome, buddy. Well, shoot straight, uh, knock them dead, be careful, uh, be safe, and I'll be looking for updates uh, on your Instagram um, and uh, maybe a few text messages. Uh, love, love to hear from you, and uh, yeah, go get them. Yeah, I know, uh, I know you're going to be after them hard, so I'm anxious to see uh, what you pull out of there. Well, we'll we'll definitely be talking because I'm going to be wanting to know how your beaver unit hunt is going as well. So yeah, we'll definitely be in touch, my friend. It's go time, buddy. This is what we this is what we <laughs> wait all year for. It's right here. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And so, good deal. Right. Good deal. All right, buddy. God bless. Drive safe. I'll catch you later. Okay. All right. Thank you, man. Bye.